Are you sure it's gold though? Like, yeah, it's I'm content. I know it's all. It's all. Hey, content is, is con- content is gold, baby. <laughs> content is gold. I like that. Uh, <laughs> man, they don't know how much pre-show chat we've had. They don't know what they've missed. Well, they haven't really missed anything. We've been jabbering on about nothing. Nah, it's fine. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. Tony, uh, we've already been going on and on about so on and so forth. Now, why is that? Why have I been so locked up in 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 this basketball chat? Well, I did have a uh, – I might have had a beer before I showed up here. First time in a while I did that, I went out and had to visit up with an old buddy over at the Corey's. Um, got a friend in town who's on you, – you ever hear about these oil field schedules, Tony? Are you familiar with this? Funnily enough, I am because my old man used to work in maintenance on an oil rig. My Yeah, you do one of those – so is he on one of those, like, gone for three weeks, back for a week or whatever, gone for four weeks, back for two weeks, that type of setup? Well, he was week on, week off at that point. It's now two weeks on, two, two weeks off. But my uncle was a tool pusher. Don't ask me what that job entails. All, <laughs> all I know, it's Great pretty name. high up in the oil fields. Um, and he, yeah. he would work in places like Saudi Arabia or Venezuela, um, and he would be a month off two weeks home, month on, two weeks home kind of deal, depending on the job. Sometimes it was month on, month off, but, yeah, they were kind of crazy schedules. On the plus side, he racked up a lot of um, air miles, as you're familiar with, when you have to travel for Mm -hmm. business. That's right. And when you're travelling internationally into the oil fields, and especially where that um, airline that you fly is at, you had, you rack up some serious frequent flyer points for a good airline. And then you yeah, then you can get on that, like, Eddie had fucking lay, lay flat seat on yep. that shit. That's pretty cool. I, I know he did cash his tickets in for a, a couple of those. He didn't do the full-on cabin thing, if you've ever seen the, like, cabin with the double bed in it, which is kind of Oh, yeah, that shit's crazy. Yep. I, I got a friend who did that stuff. I, I, I mean, honestly, if I can get my miles to get me onto Qantas for a lay flat seat, I will be blown away if I'm able to pull that off. But wow, now, he's not even doing anything that that cool. He's flying the Southwest to go to Texas. We got oil fields here in this damn country, so he's got to get on Southwest fucking ass. He has little peanuts or pretzels or whatever, uh, and uh, drink his uh, plastic cup full of Bloody Mary and then get off and, and do oil fields for three weeks in Texas. It's interesting. The not place, as cool. No, not as cool. It's interesting the place in the market that, like, Southwest actually sit because they're, they're not a full-service airline, but they're not like a Ryanair or who did you fly no. with where you have to pay for everything? when you? Maybe some uh, – well, I've done Spirit and uh, – we have a few of those. we got Spirit and uh, Frontier would yeah. be one that I – is about that level, yeah. Yeah, and they sort of fall in this really middle ground, which is the ground I like. Just, like, include everything, but I don't need your extras. It's a flight. Long haul's different, but, like, anywhere in the US, 
under five hours, just get me a seat and uh, I'm happy, but don't charge me for for having over like 10 grams of luggage or charging me to have a yeah. shit in the bathroom like some of the European airlines. <laughs> One of them you shitting did. in that bathroom, Tony? You shitting in there? When you take a long haul twit, it's 17 hour flight. Oh, that's yeah. fair, yeah. You're, yeah, sure. Okay. I'm, I'm Who dropping charged, a deuce. Somebody charged you. Was it Ryanair charging yeah. you to take a deuce? Yep. Yeah. I'm sure it was Ryanair. Did they charge? Did, they, did you have to get on Ryanair? Have you ever no, been, no, been that far? No, I haven't flown Ryanair. I just knew that they did it. So I'm not saying that uh, I, I've done it, but I was there, aware that they did. Are there other intra Australia airlines oh, or yeah. is it just. Just like Qantas is everything. Okay. No, we've got – okay, so we've got our premium classes are Qantas and Jetstar – not Jetstar, Qantas and Virgin. And then – Oh, sure, yeah, you got Virgin. A step down would be Jetstar, which is Qantas's budget brand, and then below that we've got sure. Tiger Air. Now, some of these actually fly to places like Bali, but then they have inter-Australian services. Uh, Melbourne to Brisbane, Melbourne to Sydney, Perth to sure. Brisbane, Perth to Cairns, wherever. Sure. But, yeah, we fly a lot because our distances are vast between capital cities. Now, oh, yeah, everything's far away there. Yeah, it makes sense. Now, I'm, I'm thinking about one of the airlines I was looking at was Fiji. Fiji Airways, that's one in my sort of group. But the problem is I um, – it looks very nice. I will say that the Fiji Airways, but also Fiji appears quite nice also. Yes. So I, I have to figure out a way. I, I, I'm not, I think I'm just going to have to lay over there and not actually enjoy Fiji. But at some point I would like to go to Fiji. It looks cool. <laughs> yeah, it does, does look cool. That, that's a place because it's kind of close to Australia. I know um, family members that have been there and, and really enjoyed it. So it's um, one it's, of these it's places. not really that much farther from me than Hawaii, funny enough. And it's like six and a half, six hours to Hawaii and 10 hours to Fiji. So, Okay, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. That would mean it's about six and a half to us. So Fiji yeah. is one of those places that has always been tourist-friendly but has never become like a Bali, which is perhaps sure. the most um, touristy of all places for Australians to go to. Bali would be like... If you're going to take your first step overseas and do the most touristy thing you can, Bali is the choice for a lot of Australians. All right. I gotcha. Now, you had some, now, one of those Australian, big Australian cities there recently uh, was celebrating a big victory. I think I saw it was the Adelaide 36ers. Absolutely. uh, Brought their ass to the Sonoran Desert and took a big fat shit on top of DeAndre Ayton. Uh, De- Devin Booker, Robert Sarver, and the Phoenix Suns down there at the uh, fucking Flat Earth Arena, whatever the fuck they call it now. <laughs> what is the casino? Flat Earth Arena it would be funny if they had a Flat Earth Casino. Walking Stick. It's like or... the it's like the talk, Talking Stick. I actually know that because um, what's his uh, the feller from uh, TAI would go to the Talking Stick Casino, but. Um, yeah, talking stick arena. So tell us, you watch, did you check out any of this game, Tony? I haven't, but it was big news in Australia. Um, it, it's not surprising because they're a well-run organisation, and I will say, I don't watch a lot of NBL, 
but it is a high standard of international basketball. That's why we, we, we've been able to have some recent graduates to the NBA, whether it be Josh Giddy or um, mm-hmm. Lonzo Ball. Um, so we've, we've been able to have a good standard of basketball. It's not particularly interesting to watch because it is FIBA rules. So, like, I don't like a lot of the, the, the changes from FIBA to the NBA um, the, sh- the shorter three that that like weird lane with the flayed the flayed um, no they don't do that anymore flared base oh they don't okay no no they've got rid of the uh, trapezoid um, thing so it's like oh, an NBA okay. lane had a flare the lane had a flared base so you were allowed to put it in your ass that's <laughs> I think that's why they did it yes <laughs> yes didn't they yeah. need to go to the ER department often but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like the NBL for me hit the their peak around 1996 and has never really recovered. That's because like basketball in Australia hit its peak at that time, but we weren't getting the league pass games that we get now. It's like why watch an inferior product when you can watch the best in the world um, and you Fair can watch enough. every game. It was different when we got uh, two games a week and you rarely got to see the side that you supported because all you got to see was... An, an average Bulls game, whoever they were playing, because everybody was into MJ. It's interesting because you just made the argument against watching the Major League Soccer uh, here in here in the states. When you yep. can, when I could when I could wake up on a Saturday and watch literally the best league and leagues in the world, and, uh, many of them at once. Why would I turn on uh, the Chicago Fire versus Charlotte FC? I don't know what that's doing for me. <laughs> do you turn on that game or do you watch the best in the world? Do you watch your, watch your Spurs or some of the random game well, on British? Uh, on the plus or? side, I, I do, I do both because they play at very different times. So sometimes I will just cause it's nice to have the soccer background noise. I'll flip on the uh, whatever, but I usually don't give a shit about the fire. I'll just turn on the good game at the time. So it's like whatever LAFC is playing. Seattle or something, I'll throw that on. But no, I get what you're saying, Tony. Um, now, uh, Adelaide, do they have any? Uh, did you check? Do they have any like former NBA players or sort uh-huh. of some? I I think what I saw was they had some big former big college, relatively big college players who were playing for them that felt like they had um, maybe overperformed. Plus, they did. I mean, they played on the NBA court and were shooting the NBA three at like a 60% clip, which is very remarkable. <laughs> yeah, like they had a lights out game, but um, they're only allowed a certain number of imports. So that there is some homegrown talent, but this is one of our great okay. organisations throughout the years. Like Adelaide, more seasons than not are competitive and okay. they've always sort of brought um, a good roster to town. I'm just searching for their current roster right now. Um, there's a real combination of US imports. Kai Soto from the Philippines, who was like, the, there was a massive buzz around him being drafted. Yeah, the, but the Philippines has a big basketball culture, huge. Yeah. Yeah. But have never made the NBA. Um, he was he was attempting to be the first to be um, drafted wow. in. They're yeah. not huge names like um, Craig Randall, um, mm. Robert Franks, um, somebody Cleveland. Robert Franks, that sounds familiar. Like he, Grover Cleveland, first 
player to hold two non-consecutive terms. Uh, <laughs> no, Robert, Robert Franks, I, I swear I've heard that name playing in college before. I don't yeah, know, he not, um, but, played uh, for the Charlotte Hornets for a brief time, uh, Washington State Cougars, um, Orlando right. Magic for a brief yeah. time. Or making his way into Australia and around the teams there, it's it's not a team that's absolutely packed full of imports, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like a through the Spurs of Australia. They just got a like well-run yeah. org there, and they're bringing in what talent they need. I get you for sure. Yep, uh, I am excited for the basketball, Tony. We yesterday we did have a big big day here for the NBA slash NBA NBA G League. Here in the uh, in Henderson, where we had um, the presumptive number one pick, the seven foot five Victor Wenbeyama, uh, playing here with his, his uh, Metropolitans in an exhibition game with the the G League Ignite, who have taken up residence here at the Dollar Loan Center. Um, so we had the number one and the number two pick playing presumptive number one and presumptive number two pick between him and and good old Scoot Henderson, a great name, great a name, name. that. Sounds like it came right out of 1978, like a 1978 Lakers team or something. It does. Uh, I love it. Scoot Henderson. But both guys had a huge game. I was very pissed off at myself that I did not realize how big of a deal that was until until halfway through it when I was watching it on on my little screen here. But um, that's cool. I'm going to have to go check out Scoot at some point this year. I'm excited. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Victor put up 37 and 7 or something like that, so. I know you're excited about this, but I've got to say, I've been following the NBA for a while, and you have as well. And they're already talking about um, rigging for Victor, um, and it doesn't have yeah. the same same rhyme as it did back in the day. But how often do these rigging for the number one picks actually come off, and do they stay number one during the year? It's it's rare that that happens, and the consensus number one stays as the number one, and even if they do, they tend to come out of weak drafts. It's it's maybe, what, 10 or 15% hit rate that these guys turn out to be, like, Hall of Fame NBA players? And then there's just the bad luck, too. I mean, think about how much everybody was tanking, the idea of tanking for Zion, you know? Well, uh, and as much as we love Zion, who essentially is a good NBA player or would be a great NBA player if he could play, yeah. um, but he has really not played you know uh, we all know he's great but uh that's that's like a good case scenario where you do this right you tank you get the guy you want the guy you want is still good when he's available and then you get him and he's still fucked up you know um yeah Embiid we thought was going to go that route but it turns yep. out he was actually fucking awesome so but he was um, pick three so he he didn't hold his status because of injury three. um Greg Oden that's the one I was, was going to bring was, up Greg Oden was a good was good. I yeah. mean, he was he, he was, was really good, good for his fifty games he played, you know, yeah. and uh, didn't work out, you know. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more, you know. Hopefully, it you know that doesn't hit, um, uh, you know, Paolo, you know, Bancaro or any of those guys. Yeah. Uh, who was the fellow that I really like, Chet Holmgren, who's hurt for the rest of the year already, but. Um, you know, that's that's a shame, of course. But, yeah, exactly. This guy looks – I mean, you look at this guy, Wenbiyama, and he he's all arms and legs. Yep. Uh, he looks like um, – what's that Spider-Man villain? I don't know the Marvel. 
Marvel shit, but what's nah. the Spider-Man villain with the fucking tentacles and shit, metal tentacles and shit coming out of him? Uh, Doc, Doctor Daddy. I almost said Doc. I almost said Doctor Oz. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Doc Ock or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Is it he's, uh, he's got his fucking it's Herschel Walker. Yeah. Um, but he's got his he's got his fucking tentacles coming out of him, and he that's what Victor Wembayama reminds me. He's just sort of like a very small um, torso with these just gigantic fucking arms and legs coming out of him. Um, but he can shoot it. He can shoot the three. He can he can pass. He can dribble. I mean, he he's got some of that Chet Holmgren, maybe less defensively aggressive, but he's yep. got some of that. Ch- at home grin, but five inches taller. Okay, so here's a comp for you. Tall Thon Maker. I mean, he could (laughs) could be. He could be a big, tall Thon Maker. Um, We don't know. I mean, that's you're right. That said, I I will stand by uh, my my belief that, you know, it's it's not the dark. He was better than Darko. So Darko beat a chair, right? Right? Darko had to play a chair, and at least this guy had to play play professional basketball players and he scored 37. He didn't, he didn't play against the, the desk, you know? So we've, we, we've got more evidence that he's going to be good than we, than we did with Darko, but we have less than we did with Luca. I'll say that Luca yes. probably had the most and still didn't get drafted number one, but there was probably Luca was probably the guy with the most hard evidence that he was going to be great. When he got in the NBA, he had literally played against full-on professionals in yep. the best other professional league in the world and um, and still couldn't get picked number one. Well, it's amazing. that's my question. Is this <laughs> a halo from the under-evaluating of Luca? Well, he, he is he is a lot younger. I mean, Luca Luca looks like um, – Luca did look like a man when yes. he got drafted. You got to give it up for that. This guy does look like a boy. Despite being 100 feet tall, um, he he sort of looks like boy. He's got a boy Godzilla type of look about him. That uh, but, didn't wasn't there a baby Godzilla? Whatever that I'm was. Not a, I'm not a movie guy. You're asking the wrong person. Ask me about Smoking the Bandit, and I can tell you the answers. Ask me okay. about the Blues Brothers, I can tell you the answers. But outside of that, my film knowledge not so good. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how he develops. He can either be um, an absolute beast or he can um, stagnate. Like we've we've seen this yeah. before with Jabari like, Parker and get, that whole draft. Or get hurt, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jabari, yeah, that was too bad. Good player. I mean, like talented offensive player, but really just couldn't – could not do anything that you need to do in NBA 2022. I mean, he was a player for NBA Live 1997. It was yep. amazing. Would have killed yeah. it then. All right. Well, Tony uh, – why don't you give us if you got you got any favorites for this year? You're you're just are you just watching Oklahoma City again? You're just on Oklahoma City no matter what. No, not just on Oklahoma City. I am fascinated to see the train wreck that is Brooklyn. Um, I'm not oh, supporting them. Yeah. Um, I, mm-hmm. I can see an implosion within the first twenty games. It's gonna be spectacular. Um, I don't know when it's going to happen or which member it's going to be, but I can see an implosion happening. It's going to be interesting. From my point of view, being in Australia, to see how Dyson Daniels actually develops and whether he can be more than sort of that sure. six or seven man early on, I think that's his role early on. But he has the potential if he can score 
11, 12 points a game to be super important to that New Orleans team. Um, and, yeah, I'll be watching the development of OKC Thunder and to see whether they start pulling their guys in the first five games, whether they're going to try and go after Victor or, or trade their way into the sweepstakes. Oh, yeah. um, that would be amazing if they had two, like a Twin Towers wing version. Yeah. They'd, <laughs> they'd op- it's, it's Ralph Sampson and Hakeem, but they stand... They stand twenty five feet from the basket. But isn't that modern except basketball? on defense where they will? They come, yeah. it is right. So on defense they'll protect the rim, and then on offense they'll be out there dropping threes. Because that's uh, the, it'll be it'll be amazing. That's the thing I've noticed with Giddy in the, this preseason. Take it for what it is. It's fucking preseason, but his arms are getting into the passing lane more often. From being a, a docile guy in the passing lanes, he's getting aggressive. Right. So you, you pair him with Chet and then somebody else who's aggressive in the lanes, even a Lou Dort, um, that really changes that OKC um, team where you've really got to be pensive offensively and you can't go for those sort of passes, right. those 5% chances that you would have gone for because they're going to turn into points. That's where Giddy is a monster. Get him one-on-one going down the court on a fast break. He's pretty hard to stop because he has a classic old man game. He's going to get to the line at the very least. It's, yep. He's not going to dunk yeah. on you, but he's going to like put up a finger roll and probably get fouled. So. Jamar got to the line like eight times in the first quarter yesterday. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> Who's who's? Let's shout out. I'm not going to count this against you. You can try it again next week. Who's your title team as of October 5th? We can do it every week until the season starts. It's hard to go past good organizations. I fucking hate doing this, but the Warriors, like, unless Golden State, yeah, unless Clay falls over and and um, and Steph falls over at the same time. Like, they play yeah. 20 games together during the year. I still think they're going to have enough games to make it into the playoffs, and then if they're fit, they're my early favourites. It's predictable. Uh, I, I, I don't like just picking an outsider because a team won't go, won't go back-to-back. I think teams in this era go back-to-back more often. It's the dynasties of, yeah. of six years that we don't see much of. But, but Golden State are refreshing those players behind the scenes. Draymond's going to have a drop off at some point, but I can't see it being this year. He's still that that weird role that everybody else wants that nobody else really plays like. I like Milwaukee again. I think Milwaukee's coming back this year. That that's a good point, but like Milwaukee had have a lot of injuries and a lot of players. I suppose every team does. Golden State, not excluded from this, but. It, they have question marks that they need to put it together for a full season, and they did it two years ago. Whether they can do it this coming season is the question, um, and I suppose yep. that stands for all teams. I, I'm probably harsh on Milwaukee there, but I just see them as as more fragile to one or two injuries than a team like Golden State who can cover more holes. Did you cover more gaps? But, yeah. boy, Giannis, Giannis will cover some gaps. Yeah, I think he's going to do. And are we finally going to see Luca become the guy that he is on in a national team? Where he just better. He just 
carries a team of nobodies because that's what yeah. Dallas is. It's a team of nobodies. Like they try and put people around yeah. him, but they, they're terrible as an organisation putting people around him. Does he just pick them up and, and take them on this ride for 82 games in the playoffs? I could see him doing that one year. Where did Mitchell, Mitchell went to Cleveland, right? Um, Donovan Mitchell. Where did he end up? I swear I, to God, it was. Right. I'm looking <laughs> it up right now, but um, yeah, Cleveland. How fun right. was that implosion? They're going to be interesting. I mean, it was great. I, I I'm not a fan it was, of it was so Utah. good. And it last, lasted many lasted many years too. Yep. <laughs> From when Rudy Gobert gave everyone COVID or whatever, it was all pretty. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Because uh, commentators, oh, we're such a family team. We're such a family team. Come to the end of this year. Last year, and he's like, "Oh, we've got to get rid of Rudy and hold on to Donovan." And then that was clear that they were losing Donovan. And watch, watch Netflix for a couple hours, or scroll through Netflix. You'll 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 learn what Utah is all about real quick. <laughs> you sure right, it won't take you long. Watch one. Accidentally watch three Netflix movies, and you'll learn something about Utah. <laughs> you, know, you find out what's going on there. <laughs> all right, Tony. Speaking of weird freaks, I think we owe it to the folks. We'll wrap up our NBA talk, but I think we owe it to the folks to give them an update on all things uh, Alex Jones and InfoWars. Tony, what is the news with this guy this week? Okay, first of all, he was scheduled to come back and testify in his own case. Would it shock you that he turned up the day before, held a press conference, flew home, and then didn't testify? No. But I'm going to outline the defence's whole defence. The defence rests, Your Honour. That was it. That's what they did. They just got up there and said nothing. Yes, that's correct. So they cross-examined a few, not all, a few of the um, witnesses that took the stand and so they're saying they don't have to present anything new, which I suppose is right, right? Because they don't, what are they going to present that? And there's all, all you can do is, uh, I mean, I guess you could do like character witnesses or some shit, but why would you? I mean, you're only going to dig, dig yourself a deeper hole. But, but there could have been rebuttal witnesses. Like if Alex wasn't such a shitty client, you could have used him. But to, I don't think you've put yourself in a position where you can get out of this for even less money. And that's your whole point as a defence attorney when you've had a default judgment against you. It seemed like this lawyer was doing a great job for his client because his client just wanted him to push this whole narrative that it's a free speech, gun grab, political operation, which his lawyer's done a fine job at, but it's not going to save him millions of dollars. So in that respect, I think he's done a, a really poor job. And today they were... They had 20 minutes of the um, plaintiffs producing evidence. They then rested. The defence rested literally seconds after, and then they've just spent the whole afternoon going through what they're actually going to read as a charge to the jury. So we'll have closing today, your time, and then we'll yeah. have deliberation. And, again, this is only a, a court case around damages. And it's only um, damages. There's nothing, nothing, nothing about yes or no. We're this is all just the volume. This is all yes. amount. Yep, it's all just the amount because he's already been found guilty because of his mismanagement of discovery. 
So that um, it, it, hopefully they put a good hurting on him. Hopefully it's around the $50 million um, because there's no cap in this state. So if, if we can get somewhere in that, that ballpark again, it'll put a hurting on on Alex Jones and David Jones and everybody else, whatever his wife's name is, um, put the whole hurting on the whole Jones family because, yeah, his, sure. da- his dad was a big John Bircher. Um, if you're familiar with Oh, yeah. John Birch organisation. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that's Wow, that's old school right wing shit. Well, this is where Alex comes from. He's, from, a, he's above from the, the left right paradigm. Times, yeah, but he he had a guy from the John Birch Society on the other day because, of course, he can't yeah, have yeah. on the Oath Keepers anymore because Stuart Rhodes is facing. Um, yeah, what? that looks crazy too. I wasn't even paying attention to that, but I just saw a bunch of guys in like fucking tactical gear in a courtroom in sketches or whatever. Like what? The fuck's going on there? Well, they were they were the um, military team behind January sixth. They had uh, military formations. Right, they had yeah, right. we- weapons caches at motels in DC itself, or it might yep. have been in Mer- Maryland that they were stationed. They were talking about getting a boat Close across enough, the yeah, Potomac in the DMV. Yeah, right. Yeah, they. Yeah, these, this is that. Yeah, that shit's fucked up. I mean, I don't know what the outcome is for those guys, but. Good Lord, that's that ain't good, huh? No, it's not looking good because, um, yeah, they're, they're a pack of assholes. And, of course, the Oath Keepers used to spend a lot of time on Alex's show, but they're, they're no longer oh, there. Yeah. They can't have Wolf. Like, yeah, right, well, he can't, he can't have that anymore. No. He's still got Dr. Steve Pachenik, who, um, yeah, who who is an ex-CIA um, member who uh, is a constant liar. He's He's... Terrible human being, but uh, a bunch of those, a bunch of them, election capital lunatics are going to. Uh, sounds like wins. They're going to win an election. They're going to. They're going to be winning their their seat or their governorship or whatever. So this is true. Um, That's cool. Yeah. Hopefully not here in Nevada, but we'll find out. Democracy yeah. at work, or democracy yeah, light at work. All right, Tony. Why don't we hop into the Discord, huh? Oh, Tony, did you see this picture I posted? I thought it was funny on the general chat. That was uh, the most cursed picture I've ever seen. <laughs> it's also the most one of the most chewy images ever. It just says, it's got some little hearts around it, and it says, Chance made us co-workers, and it is very hard to read that. Yes, word. that's what I was trying to work out. Chokers? Chance Chokers? made us... It's, I, yeah, it's like cow lorkers. Uh, it's chance made us co-workers, but fun and laughter made us friends, Tony. Tony, going to work is like hanging out with my family. That's like some of the most manipulative shit ever. <laughs> I love this. So. I had to post that. That was really bad. Um, but we got some good beer chat, of course. Let's, let me just keep scrolling up. We got a million beer chats this week. Yep. As usual, everybody loves their beer talk. And we barely talk about beer on this goddamn show. Oh, shit. I didn't open the Hardy's beer yet. It just reminded me. I have the Hardy's beer. I need to open it. You do. Um, yeah, I could go get it now and we could drink it, but um, I'm a little bit afraid to do that. So maybe we'll save it for next week. Save it for next week. Uh, 
We had the Grammar Purist. Um, he's at a new brewery, the only brewery in his rural Missouri town. This is the River Runner Rye Alt Beer. Uh, quite lighter than I expected. That's not surprising. An alt beer tends to be a, a pretty bitter, um, relatively bitter yeah. uh, lager beer. Because of the water um, what, profile what of an alt beer, it tends to sort of... Yeah, I'm trying to see what the alcohol in this is. 5.6. That's not, that's not insane. That's pretty, that's pretty normal for that. Yep. Uh, we had the War Admiral in here. The War Admiral is a... 5.6% oatmeal stout. That's a that's a throwback of a beer style. I love that style. And then the Giddy Up, a 9%. Uh, that is a 9% Imperial Coffee Brown Ale. Sounds all right. Um, but actually, it was the worst. So, Grand Pierce said that it's the least appetizing of the three. Uh, it's rather bitter. And then uh, he had a little pineapple cider to sweet. close and... And so that was too sweet. So I get you. Yeah, sometimes those ciders come in a little too sweet. That's W two is drinking some Schlafly pumpkin. Love that. Um, and he looks like he's working on a big spreadsheet. So he's punching in some ratings. Thank you, Corey, for that tip. Um, <laughs> the dirty delete key. Yeah. So everybody started started picking on uh, W two for his for his setup, which was pretty funny. Uh, sorry, buddy. Smoked Porter and Chris Blogger at Wolf of the Willows Brewing from Nick Torque. This place looks fun, huh? Where is this, Tony? Um, I'm not sure where Wolf of the Willows is, but I was going to say they're an underrated brewery in Australia. I like the stuff I've had from them. Wolf of the Willows. Why don't we take a look at this menu? We got let's 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 do our typical our uh, our standard choose something off the menu for this one. We got the Chris Blogger, the Hazy Pale. An XPA, you know I love that. The Homage IPA, Paradise Found Sour. We got a Woodsman Amber, uh, a Smoked Porter, a Mango Pale, eh. Aqua Boogie. I don't know what that is. Violet Beauregard. Now that's a character from Willy Wonka. First Chair Stout, Lark Imperial, JSP. Don't know what that is, and persistence, and don't know what those beers are. But they have a nice looking subway tile tap fridge here. Tony, what are you picking off that beer list? You know, you know what I'm going to pick. Let's see if you can guess, because I'm I'm pointing at it right now. Take a guess. What do you think? I'm I gonna- think I'm torn between if you're going to do the XPA or the smoked porter. I think it's one of those. Okay, so you, I'm gonna go XP, X, I'm gonna go XPA. You made the wrong choice between the two. You're on the right track. I'm oh, going with the smoke porter. All right. This All time right. of year, right. that's pretty good. Nineteen to twenty degrees Celsius, seventy degree day. Smoke ah. porter, delicious. All right, I gotcha. I agree with that. Uh, I'd probably go the XPA or the homage. I think the IPA actually. Um, yep. This IPA sounds nice. They are well known uh, for their Torque. IPAs. Now it's in Mordialic, which is um, down yeah. along the um, peninsula in Melbourne. So it's a long way from the centre of Melbourne, but um, it's um, it's a nice we area. Had Nick to hang over out at this Brayside Brewing. Uh, he was drinking Merton and Winter Lager. Looks like they have 
a nice set of beers here too, including a couple. Of, they got a some kind of cask ale situation going on here, maybe. Like, well, he was bouncing around. Bad Shepherd Brewing, and you know, um, Bad Shepherd's a favorite for me for their peanut butter, yeah. um, brown ale, and Nick had oh, the hazelnut right. well, brown a, ale. He's got the hazelnut. This looks good. More subway tile here. Um, they have a nice little like looking American style barbecue menu too. They're doing smoked barbecue. Looks pretty good. Um, but he went to Fat Bob's also in Morty Alec for. Um, and he's got some burgers here. These look yep. good. Yeah, he's he's got some burgers. He was eating at Fat Bob's. Thank you, Nick Torque, for leading us on that journey. Grammar Purist trying to buy some Wick- Wickles Pickles beer from High Wire. Now that place is in North Carolina, I believe. So um, maybe I'll stumble upon some Wickles pickle beer. Uh, that sounds awful, but I've had I've had a sip of a dill pickle beer that I didn't hate, so maybe it's not that bad. Uh, W2's drinking some Half Acre. He had some. This is the Bone Valley. You got a nice little haze on that high hazy IPA. Um, oh, and we got some update from PMAC. Now PMAC <laughs> told us what's that. I'm oh, just yeah, laughing at PMAC's yeah. response, that's all. We got we got some PMAC news. So last week we were picking uh, Tony was picking on PMAC for his uh living in a place that is uh uh apparently annoying to other Australians. So um he said he works for the federal government, not for the dog shit ACT government, and he would have no fucking events to work on if he was in the ACT government. So yeah. uh Thank God PMAC is working for the – he's working for uh, whoever your prime minister is now. Elbow. And, yep, that's right. Not ScoMo. And, um, no, ScoMo carked it, I remember. No, and uh, ScoMo got, got the ass. Got, ScoMo got the ass, that's right. And now you got somebody else. Elbow. So. We nickname Elbow. all our prime his, his name is Anthony Albanese, but we just call him Elbow. All right. And ScoMo oh, okay. was Scott right. Morrison. Elbow. So we, we name all, all got, our prime ministers. You you go with like Biden and Trump or let's go Brandon and Trump. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's all Brandon, Brandon and Trump. Or they call him like, um, what was the fucking book by, by those guys, uh, the Krasenstein brothers? Ronald Plump. They were calling him Ronald Plump. That was no good. Uh Max Allotman out there drinking the Monkish Other Half collab. This now, that's about as far great. as two of these breweries could go. It's a super smooth triple IPA, straight up orange sherbet with a fluffy, pillowy body. Must have dumped a ton of lactose to hide the 10%. I can't argue with that with these guys. This is called JFK to LAX. Uh, these two guys know how to make some hazy beers, so I suspect that was pretty dang tasty. Nice job. There and then, uh, lastly, just to really tease me, W2s over there at the looks like the revolution. Ooh, I would say this is the revolution tap room on Kedzie, uh, drinking VSOR on yep. tap. Damn it, that's pretty cool. So, I know he very did that. special old right way right there. Nice glass of that. Yeah, I know he posted that to make you jealous, but it also made me jealous that. Looked amazing. Yeah, we're all jealous. It's brutal. Now, oh, what else we got? So we're in Corey, the kitchen. Oh, we we can get, 
let's go to in the kitchen. Uh, I may, oh, now you can tell me if I, I made some some bolognese. Well, the other day, Tony. Now well, I know this isn't spago. I I made some like more of a normal bolognese, but well, um, it could be. I spag-bo. did have to joke that this was some. But we call yeah, it spagbol. Spag, so oh, is it? Do you? Oh. Yeah, spagbol. But yeah, spagbol should be made with spaghetti. But otherwise, it looks like you made a more delicious version. That looks more like a a, a beef ragu that's with fettuccine. Or I can't tell. This you is exactly more. This is more is. of a more of a beef ragu with what I would say is a slightly thin pappardelle. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, it is closer to a ragu, yeah. Um, I used uh, some of that stew meat there, but I did do the bolognese thing where I threw in you just throw in random meats. So I lofted in a couple of chicken legs in there too. Nice. Um, and had a lot of aromatics. It comes out tasting more like a stew if yep. you're uh, if you're doing it right to me. Uh, you just keep you, you cook it uncovered and you keep topping it off with some extra liquid. Um, or stock as you go, go with it. So uh, came out really good, Tony. Um, I think that was a winner. Uh, what it, else? It looks delicious, um, that's for sure. Yes. So we had some. Uh, uh, we had Mr. Tudes here uh, responding to our comments about Lift Bridge Brewing last week in our game. Uh, he is familiar with them uh, had not had the fireside flannel. Tony, uh, was not overly thrilled by their beers and the untapped score makes it seems like it's a, some trash in the variety pack. So, um, I think I picked a good one for that. Uh, and I think that is about it from there. I think we can jump into the mail keg, Tony. All right, so we got a question from Corey. It's a picture, which makes it difficult to describe on a podcast, but we will do it anyways. So we have two symbols here. I, I, ho- I presume most folks are familiar with what I would say is the international no symbol, uh, which is just a circle with a slash across it. Yes. And one is a man with a heart drawn on him with that symbol across it. And one is a man with a... Um, Sort of some some of those like lines coming out of his yeah shock lines and, or action lines shock lines coming out of his back and ass area yes and then the sign says no shoes jumping pillow rules of use no shoes must be in appropriate physical condition no flips or somersaults empty pockets of all sharp objects exit pillow safely and slowly observe safety of others at all times no smoking no drugs no alcohol. Children under 12 should be supervised. Do not use when wet or deflated. So why the man with the heart and the man with the farting ass? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, or is it men with, with hairy backs are not allowed? That's men it. with hairy backs and men with a heart uh, are all, you're out of there. Or maybe you need no to be, romance? You need to be a vampire. Oh, don't do not fuck in the pillow area. That's that's what I'm thinking. Do not fuck, and and that's I'm surprised because you did draw a hard big big hard big hard cock on there, huh? Yeah, because if you look at the other one, they're kind of bending over, ready to to take it. 
you like, okay. If you like, rotate the one with the heart ninety degrees and smoosh the signs up against each other, you could get some action. <laughs> All right, now I'm getting, I'm getting kind of turned on. This is these, these little, these little figurines. I know yeah, you're really big into stick figure me, porn. So. Oh yeah. I mean, think how big you can draw the stick. It's crazy what you can do with that thing. Uh, all right, Tony, why don't we move on into the logger of the week, huh? Let's do that. I've actually got something for this segment this week. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Now... I stole, right, Tony. I stole this beer of somebody else who posted it in Discord. His name is Nick Talk. He loves to shop at the same supermarket I do. It's the Aldi beer from Hofbrau House, the Oktoberfest, three ninety nine for a 450ml bottle or whatever oh, wow, it is. what a deal. It is a bargain for the quality of beer. I picked up four of them. I cleaned them out. It is delicious. A great, great beer for this this time of the year. Absolutely delicious. Should have picked up more, but there were no more on the shelf. And you know what LD staff are like. They're not the most attentive towards customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just in there. They, you ever notice, I don't know if they do this here in Australia, but where they, they're scanning, they are not looking at you or talking to you. Yes, that's they're correct. They're just scanning very fast. And do you have to do the thing where you stuff a quarter into the carts or whatever? Oh, too? yeah, yeah. But it's two bucks in Australia. You have to shove two bucks or one or two dollars. So our dollar coins are both gold, the one dollar coin being bigger than two dollar coin. Figure that out. But our trolleys have those on them. But, yeah, do you have to fill your own trolley? Like when when you check out, you, you swing the trolley around and, and they just – shove yeah. it into the trolley. Yeah. yeah. They just throw it all in there. They ain't bagging anything. You, no. you, you got to you either bring your bags or you got to buy bags. Yes. Well, that's at all supermarkets in Australia. That's the case. You could, you've got to buy bags for the environment. So yeah, they, that's the case in Chicago, but not, not here. I, but although I do bring my bags, yep. um, cause I, it's hot, it's, it's hot here, Tony. So I bring like a cooler bag cause it's yeah. quite warm. Yep. But our supermarkets will fill those bags for you. You bring your own bags and every other supermarket chains right. fills up those bags Same. and, and yep. bags them like traditional groceries. But if you're not fast enough grabbing that shit in the trolley, it ends up being shoved into the trolley any which way, because that, they're not spending time. They're just scanning as fast as they can. Um, I know. We just had to go. We would have to take everything over. It, it wasn't even worth trying to catch it. They shoved it all into the into the cart, and you would just walk it over to the – they, they the had like a, 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 like a bench or a counter. Yeah. You could go do it on this counter and bag all your shit before you leave. Yeah, that was the move. Oh, yeah, you don't right, try so and we bag got the it. Same, we got the same type of Aldi, okay. Yeah. Uh, Tony, my lager of the week is also a fest beer. Uh, it's the Dovetail Fest beer. Thank you to W2s for shipping me some of that Dovetail Fest beer. Tastes even better this year. I think it's really popping this year. Um, a lot of nice uh, of that. Of now, like I would call it that conditioned, um, caramelly toffee flavor. It just got. It's got. It doesn't. So the bitterness wears off, or something like that. The harsh bitterness that might come with some of that. Dark malt burns off over time, and it comes up with more of a nicely sweet but not overly sweet, pleasant 
toffee-ish flavor. It's yep. uh, it's mini wine, really. It's mini <laughs> barley wine, and it tastes so nice to drink. And it's got that nice sort of bready lager, dry lager finish that is just so enjoyable. So Dovetail Fest beer. Hey, get your hands on that if you get a chance. Um, Tony, why don't we spin it over to the non-loggers of the week, the beers of the week. Now, Griff, I'm going to let you kick this one off. You don't often get a chance to lead off on your beer of the week. All right. Um, Boy, it's a little tricky for me, but I got to go with the beer they just put on draft over at Corey's. I was drinking it before I came to this show. Uh, It's the Field to Ferment by Fremont. Um, It is, I had it in Seattle even, and it's amazing. It's the uh, fresh, wet hop, whole cone hop beer that they even sent down here to Vegas. Good Lord. Thank lucky us. Um, It is fucking addictive, dude. And on draft, it's even worse. So you are just, uh, it was was hard to leave after after the one I had uh, uh, over at Corey's. I was like, I have to get the fuck out of here or else I will drink eight of these things. So um, I have some cans in the fridge, thank God. Um, I'm actually going to open a different fresh hop beer, so we'll see if this one um, lives uh, passed the test. But yeah, I sk- I skipped a beer, but when I got in, but now I kind of am just itching for one because I had one over at uh, at Corey, so I I skipped anything to start the show. But I'm still going to jump into a little fresh hop beer. I think here as we get about halfway. This is from Rubens. We'll see if this one stands up to it. But yeah, feel to ferment. I'm not sure there's anything I could even have this week that came close to it yeah i drank a i drank a coconut deep this week and that was great but uh i don't know if it it's just different Jesus. that that fresh hop flavor you can't, you can't beat it in the, these two weeks there's nothing better than that for these two three weeks of the year to for anything to beat coconut deep that is a hell of a beer that must be just during and, and you know what in two weeks it'll be over yep and then i'll be like back on my coconut deep shit but Hey, it's, uh, it's, it's just for the moment. Fresh hop season is the cherry blossom of the um, beer world, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when the Japanese sure, go and... Yeah, when the Japanese get that, yeah, they, and it's very pretty. Yep. Um, yeah, you, you got to go during that time. The flights are probably three times more expensive, and yep. uh, you got to get out there and look at it. Now I get you. Tony, how about you? What do you got this week? Now, I picked a beer that doesn't get huge ratings, and... I, I'm i not even sure whether it's a beer, but I checked it in untapped and it calls itself a beer, so I'm going to go with it. I gave it a 3.75 and it might be the highest rating it's ever got. Um, it's a Carlton and United brand, Carlton and United being the people behind um, Carlton Draft, shock there, uh, Victoria Bitter, and a little brand that we in Australia can't get, but everybody else in the rest of the world think we drink tons of it fosters so oh yeah you guys you guys don't like fosters too bad yeah no it's not that we don't like fosters we can't get fosters <laughs> like you cannot buy fosters in australia it's not available yeah 
The only that's the only thing that Simpsons made up for that whole episode was that the guy got the big the Homer got the giant can of Fosters and yep. you can't even have that there. No, you you do you get kicked in the ass with a big boot of Parliament. Just ask PMAC. Um, that's all true. Yep. Yep. Okay, so this is what they're calling a fruity beer. It's under their Sungazer brand, and it's the mango flavor. Now this is a beer in the loosest sense of the word. And I don't mean that in a derogative sense. I mean that this is the most delicious mango salsa I have had. This should be in the salsa category, but they call it a fruity beer. It's a fucking delicious uh, mango salsa slash fruity beer. Absolutely love it for the summer. Uh, these were cheap at, cheap at Dan Murphy's. They were $16 a four-pack. Would buy again, but... If they were in the salsa category, they would be storming off the shelf. Instead, they're trying to invent this new fruity beer category. They're not alone in Australia mm. trying to produce these fruity beers. All right. Well, Tony, what is the rating on that thing? Or you want to make me guess? Uh, I don't think it's fair because there are only 18 ratings. I, I really don't I think it's with- You don't think it's like a 2. 2.74 or something like that? No, it's not that low. I- I've just checked it in and I've boosted the rating. It was at three. It's now 3.08. So there, nice job. Way to get it up there. There are 17 total check-ins of this. Um, this is not something that a lot of people are checking in. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a beer. It's a, it's a seltzer. It's a delicious seltzer, but it is... Fruit beer, fruit beer is loose. I drank it straight from the can. It comes in a skinny can the way salsa should. Um, but right. I'll have to pour it out into a glass one day to see if it's crystal clear. Would not surprise me if it was crystal clear. But delicious. All right. Good stuff, Tony. Uh, I, I'd be curious. I, I can't. I sent you something from uh, uh, your local IGA, Richie's. Uh, yep. That was some kind of vodka drink, and I, could, I couldn't believe it was. It was some sort of bizarre-looking, over-the-top vodka drink. I can't remember what it was, but okay. it, it looked well, quite awful. No, 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 no. This is 196. 196 is, comes traditionally in a lemon flavor. They got it in last season. It's actually the top-selling premix in Japan. So you can get this in vending okay. machines in, in Japan. It's it's made by Suntoy, which are a Japanese manufacturer. I'm not sure. No, 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 Japanese whiskey. We give Suntory whiskey here. Okay. They make it. Um, their lemon is really refreshing during the summer. It's, again, in the sort of salsa arena, but a bit more um, flavour than the seltzer um, has, so more lemon forward. And this is a grape version, so I'm excited to try it. I like grape flavour. I like Welsh's grape soda. Um, so yeah, this, this is exciting to try and they have higher alcohol versions. I think the standard one comes in around 6%, but I think they have a nine and a half percent version, but yeah, one nine six is popular in Australia and is extremely popular in Japan. This stuff is good too, Tony, just so you know, this Rubens Yakima squeeze, we're going to put that, uh, it is also an excellent, uh, competitor of of field to ferment two very different beers hard to compare i think i'll stick with field to ferment 
because uh, it's only six percent. This one's seven point two, so we're uh, we're moving up the alcohol chain a little bit. But boy, the this has more of that neo West Coast vibe. Look at the color on this; it's so light. Oh, I like, like that. And, so uh, light and transparent. Yeah. Did you say that's fresh hopped as well? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. I've never yeah. seen a fresh hop that clear. I've seen them clearish that are not translucent, but they normally have a little bit of haze in them. This has Yakima Valley hops with a splash of flavor from a New Zealand variety called the Yakima Squeeze. Yeah, there you go. You can definitely get some of that tropical nature of these. Yep, it's it's a good time to be here and drink these beers, but it's going to end soon. So, uh, Tony, why don't we jump over to Hyper Beer Nerd Dork Shit News? Dork Shit News. All right. Tony, I got at least one interesting piece of beer news. <laughs> kind of. Sierra Nevada's booziest beer ever is a new Colonel E.H. Taylor bourbon barrel-aged Bigfoot variant. So you got a you got a tubed box set here of barrel-aged Bigfoot that has been aged in uh, these Colonel E.H. Taylor barrels. I think that's from Buffalo. Tray, one of the Buffalo Trace um, brands there. Uh, this is from Vine Pear. Yep. Sierra Nevada's newest ale adventure is seven years in the making. The brand, known for its little thing line and pale ale offerings. Now, is that true, Tony? Is that what they're known for now? I mean, Maybe. pale, I guess, pale ale and the little thing line. Do you guys get the little thing? Yes, we do. They're, they're pushing that hard. I haven't actually had the little thing, but, yeah, they do push that hard in Australia. Good. Yeah. Colonel E.H. Taylor Bourbon Barrel Aged Bigfoot includes the brand's signature Bigfoot barley wine style ale aged for seven years. During the last year of maturation, the ale sits in barrels previously used to age a small batch of E.H. Taylor Jr. Bourbon, according to an emailed press release. So this is seven. We're saying this is so Vine Pear is saying this is seven year aged Bigfoot. That doesn't sound right to me. It says it on the label. I don't know if it sounds right to me either. Uh, I don't know. It says seven years. I'm wondering if the bourbon isn't aged seven years. That's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. The exclusive ale marks E.H. Taylor's first national partnership with a beer brand. It's going to be 15%. Uh, boy, I mean, the way it's written, though, it does make you believe that the the – Beer has been aged for seven years. Yeah. Um, both Sierra Nevada and Buffalo Trace and well, whatever. This is all PR talk. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Decadent notes of molasses, caramel, and burnt sugar mingle in the full body dale. Pacific Northwest hops balance out these rich dessert. Well, seven-year age, Pacific Northwest hops balance out. Whatever. There's, there's no hops left. Uh, alongside the point. signature flavor, Colonel E.H. Taylor bourbon. And, and good. That's fine. They don't really need to be – I don't need to be tasting hops – at this point, um, you only want them for if it's bittering it out a little bit. You know, the old wart yeah. seven years ago. That's really all you need the hops to be doing. Um, now, you, you know, mentioned that you're not a say fan I do of not, um, straight Bigfoot. I, you think it's a hot mess. I don't care for Bigfoot. It's an American-style barley wine. American barley wine tends to be somewhere between English barley wine and a triple IPA, um, which are two flavors that, while I may like them independently, 
uh, it, are sort of like peanut butter and onions. You know, I don't really get why we're meshing them up, putting those things together. Uh, yeah, it's it's two things that are very different. One is one is sort of sweet and toffee-like and accepts barreling well, and the other one has this very heavily kind of traditional hopped floral taste or pininess to it that I think of with American barley wine Yep. Um, that I don't care for. In, in, and, it, and it has some of that sweet malt combo and heaviness that comes with barley wine, but then it's like smack in the face with hot burn. And I, I never quite got why we were doing that. Um, that said, I've had barrel aged versions of Bigfoot and I've enjoyed them uh, fine. So they're not um, a hot mess. They've, so they've mellowed out. That, they've lost that IPA no. character. No, they're, they're more dry than you would suspect from a barrel-aged barley wine, but they are not unpleasant to drink. Uh, I hope we get this. Uh, 25 bucks in select markets. I hope we are a select market. Um, we, I mean, this is Nevada. <laughs> uh, it's, the, the beer is named after our state. So, of course. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. So I, I, I would love to get some. 25 bucks, I would pay that. That's fine. Um, so I would absolutely buy this, Tony. Uh, just, you know, I would buy anything, though. So uh, uh, I, I'm fine with that. I, I do like that bourbon. That bourbon is tasty. That is a nice bottle of bourbon, the Colonel E.H. Taylor. So uh, I think that's fine. But otherwise, uh, I'm not going nuts about this. I don't, I don't know. Maybe people are. I don't know. I don't know. I think people are going nuts over our next article. At least I'm going nuts over the first picture because that is one of the worst pictures to promote White Castle I have seen. Um, Oh, I don't even think these are White Castle, normal White Castle burgers, actually. Um, But look at this. This is from MASH. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think these are the impossible sliders, to be fair. how to get your hands on the brand new White Castle beer collab. And here's a very bad picture of two White Castle cheeseburgers. Um, the burgers are not that thick, which is why I would believe they're impossible sliders, because typically your sliders, um, these look like sloppy joes almost. Yeah, they, they and would they not they have look dry that. at the same time as they're fully apart. A slider, a slider is, is, maybe, is, is maybe a bit thicker than like your mouse pad. Yeah, um, no, go down to the next the, photo. The next photo yeah. has a f- photo of the box, you know, the bring home. Yep, that's what they and that's what they actually look. That's about the thickness that you get, and that's what they should look like. So, I don't know what these are that they took a picture of, um, but it's not a slider, and pe- you don't get ketchup on your slider. I don't know what people are doing here. Um, but here you go, White Castle beer collab. This fall, White Castle has been whatever. Um, <laughs> they got the White Castle Castle bites. We talked about those. Yep. And they have uh, announced a surprising new product, a limited edition beer. White Castle worked with Evil Genius Beer Company to create this beer. It hits different is the name of the beer. It's a tangerine flavored IPA, six and a half percent to go with its iconic sliders. Uh, Evil Genius has partnered with other fast food chains to create unique beer flavors, uh, and it worked with Auntie Anne's to make that beer for Oktoberfest that I think we also talked about. So you can get this. uh, Max Allotment, look out for this. You can get it in Delaware, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Rhode Island. So um, not sure I know anybody in any of those states besides Max Allotment. (laughs) 
at least nobody I want to talk to. Um, so keep your eyes open for that, Max. Let us know if you get your hands on the Tangerine IPA from Evil Genius. Uh, I don't know anything that's that interesting about Evil Genius or a Tangerine IPA, but maybe it's fine. I don't know. Get some White Castles, though. Those are good. Yeah, it's going to be a divisive beer, I think, because it's a hop that I like that um, a lot of other people are sort of are pretty cool on it, and that's Sabro. It's a blend of Sabro. Sabro, yeah. It says it's got a pleasant light, pleasant light tangerine sweetness and a subtle bitterness made with Sabro and Centennial hops. Um, it cuts through the satisfying taste of beef and onions. Tony, what do you think of, of a fruit flavored IPA with your very, I mean, a White Castle, um, we could, we could say a lot about a White Castle, but I think it'd be hard to argue that it's not savory. It is a very savory food. Yeah, um, but that's why I like citrus flavored things. As long as it doesn't finish sweet, I, I, I think it's fine. I, I think it actually works. Okay. Like give me a, a, like lemony pale ale to go against fish and chips. I think it works great. I, I don't have a problem with, sure. with, like, I don't want a fruited beer. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to chuck eight, eight, eight pounds per liter of fruit into a beer and then have that with, with White Castle. But, uh, I disagree. Sure. But, but a little bit of fruitiness from the hops. Absolutely. I'm all for that. And especially along the citrus lines with fatty foods, I think is great because it tricks your brain into thinking, oh, I'm having lemon or vinegar or something to cut through that fattiness. Yeah. Fan, I like Saison with I like Saison with these rich foods, but that yeah. said, what's it's not really that for any different reason than what you said. It yeah. tends to be because I like that lemon pepper lemon pepper taste that bites bites through so the, some of the richness of that food. So Yeah, and the bubbliness to, sort of acts like the um what's his name? Acid. Um that's caused by the bubbles. That that also cleans up your palate as well. Yeah. I, I hope this is um well carbonated. Um, I, I think Evil Genius produce, produce enough beer where carbonation won't be an issue. But I think it, if it's on the higher side of normal, sort of into the light lager kind be, of ranges for for carbonation, I'd be funny that, if they, that'd be they good. sent out a bunch of flat flat <laughs> beer. That'd be pretty good. Uh, here you go, Tony. Tony, are you familiar with Johnny Rockets? Yes, they there used to be one in Pran in Melbourne, but I, I I don't think it is anymore. But there was one out at the Silverton, I believe. You're right, Tony. I didn't know you'd even found your way into the Silverton. That's funny. Fuck <laughs> uh, I've been to the Silverton poker room when they have one. I'm not sure whether they still do. Uh, they do have a Johnny Rockets. They of course still have a Johnny Rockets. No problem. Uh, they do not have a poker room. They changed that into the. That's the one that's right in the entrance there, right from the parking garage. There's a there's yeah. a poker room right there, I think. Now it's the now it's like the fucking Buffalo Gold Lounge or some shit. It's just a million slot machines in there. Um, Tony, this is uh, Johnny Rocket's new collaboration has an unexpected inspiration. This is also from Mashed, Tony. So you can take a guess on how I found my way over here. <laughs> um, but if you don't know what Johnny Rockets is, it's like a '50s sort of inspired hamburger diner. They got milk milkshakes and they got burgers and they got fries, and none of them are really particularly good. No, at any a of them. Jukebox at the um, tables. They're all booze. Yeah, jukebox. Yep. Yeah. The um, you know, you you would get a better burger at at any and a milkshake at any number of places, but now Johnny Rockets is serving beer inspired by its milkshake flavors. 
So it looks like they collaborated with Santa Monica Beer Works to celebrate National Milkshake Month with two beers inspired by Johnny Rocket's milkshake flavors. Uh, they have a strawberry milkshake porter and a chocolate peanut butter milkshake porter. Uh, Food Cited describes the strawberry milkshake porter as having a juicy, sweet taste with notes of Madagascar vanilla. Huh, damn, they can find the, the origin of the vanilla. That's cool. So nice not, job, Food Cited. Yeah, not bourbon. Not, not bourbon, vanilla. not Ghanaian, not Ghanaian vanilla. Absolutely not. Fuck that. Um, not Mexican <laughs> vanilla. That's dog shit. Fuck yep. that. It's Madagascar vanilla. Uh, and it's got a refreshing creaminess rather than an over overpowering strawberry flavor. Meanwhile, the chocolate peanut butter porter has a smooth finish with apparent nutty qualities and a creamy texture. So, Tony, why don't we, real quick, let's see. These beers have been out for a little bit, so let's see if we can take a gander at the rating on the strawberry milkshake porter. It's under three and a half. It's got to be. This sounds like dog shit. It looks like dog shit in the picture. Okay, four and a half percent. It's got fifteen check-ins, so you're not <laughs> looking at a big check-in count here. Uh, Tony, you want to you want to take a step? You're, you're saying under three and a half? Yep. What do you got? Three point four five. You want to go with three point four five? Is do. that what you're trying to yep. say? That is what I'm trying to say. All right. Well, you do. It's not right. It's three point eight five. For the oh, strawberry milkshake porter, shockingly. Yeah, I know. And then the um, chocolate peanut uh, Santa Monica. Here it is. Uh, the chocolate peanut. Tony, you want to throw a guess in at this, knowing what you know now? 4.00. Yeah, you went too far. 3.82. <laughs> what? So people like, the, people like the strawberry more than the... Uh, Chocolate peanut butter, I guess. Apparently, the uh, I guess the apparent nuttiness is not doing it for people compared to the strawberry flavor. So uh, um, that's tough. Johnny Rockets, uh, thank you for uh, creating something nobody asked for. Now, last thing, Tony. Before we got? get to the last thing, under the article that you sent me a link to, the Johnny Rockets thing, I had an article. The Chain Burgers... Restaurants, chain burger restaurants ranked worst to first. Don't know whether you have that article under under yours, but it's 22 burgers Fine. from worst to first. We'll just run through them quickly and see what you think of the list. At 22, we've got see. Sonic. Oh, I see it. Yeah, there you go. Sonic. Fudruckers. That's fine. I mean, okay. We're, we're really far from the top right now, so... Yeah. DQ? I would think Fuddruckers is, qu- is quite a bit better than DQ. So I White think that's Castle? unfair to DQ. I think, okay, White Castle should be higher. A&W? I haven't had an A&W burger. I mean, that looks like a much better A&W burger than I've ever seen. That's from Canada. A&W yep. is good there. It's not good here. Mickey D's uh, or Macca's? Sure. All right. Whatever. Rallies? Have you ever had rallies? Yeah. We... We used to we call it checkers in the Midwest, but this doesn't look good. Does that look good, Tony? No. I don't think that looks good. Johnny Rockets. Okay. Sure, it's not good, but it's whatever. You get to sit down and get fed. Carl's Junior. That seems high for Carl's Junior. This is high. It's, the fact that it's above White Castle is quite disturbing. 
jack-in-the-box is completely out of place. Way overrated, okay. Uh, Red Robin, I've never eaten at Red Robin. I mean, how can you compare Red Robin and jack-in-the-box? I don't understand. It's it, They're not the same. The Red Robin, you have to, like, sit down and pay $11 or $15 or whatever. I don't you can drink a beer at Red Robin. I don't understand. Eleven. Okay. Hungry Jacks. Yeah, aka Burger King. Sure. The triple Whopper on here looks truly horrifying. Well, the next yeah. one down is is horrific from Fat Burger. Perhaps that does look very deadly, but fat, yeah, but it is pretty good. I, I would I would say it belongs in the top fifteen, probably. Steak and Shake. Whatever. Burger sure. Fi. Never heard of. Them. You know, I've never been to burger. I've never been to Burger Fi. People say it's good though. Smash Burger. I really like Smash Burger. I think Smash Burger as a chain is is among the very best. Yes. Wendy's, come on. Like Wendy's above Smash Burger is truly mis- miserable. Yeah, no, nope. Shake Shack nope. at five. Sure, Shake Shack should be in the top five. Really, Water Burger? I've never had it, but really. I would put Shake Shack above Whataburger. I would put Whataburger in the top. I would say that's a top 10 burger, yeah. but for chains. Five Guys? Really? It's all that, about the fries. That's okay. Five Guys belongs in the top five to eight, probably, yeah. Yeah, but three? No. In and Out? Three, probably not. In and Out. In and Out belongs in the top five or so as a fast food burger, sure. And I know you're going to agree with number one. I think it's one of your I favorite I do agree with chains. number one. And that, number one is Culver's, and I... I absolutely agree. They are missing many chains off of this list, by the way. Take it up uh, with Culver's, whoever wrote this, the uh, staff writers. Culver's, and, Culver's should be up here, I agree, but Freddy's should be on here. Freddy's is, there's got to be just as many Freddy's locations as there are Culver's. Um, Freddy's should be on here in the top five. I would say my top five, let's just, let me just bang them out real quick. You guys yep. can yell at me. I, I didn't get a chance to think. Culver's, Freddy's. Smash Burger, Shake Shack. In and out? Five guys. Five oh, guys? Oh, in and out. Yeah, in, in, in and out. We'll go in and out above that. No, okay. no, no, in and out. You're right. In and out. Just wasn't thinking. I don't have, I, I had to hobble this together with no list. I was throwing it out of my brain. <laughs> well, like, you can Castle, thank Corey for that list. list. So, I know you I like put to White shout Castle out your I'd put White Castle number 10, just for the record. I think it belongs in the top 10. It's, it's not good, but it's good. So, higher than 19. All right. Of course, absolutely. Tony, I got a game for us today. It is food related. Lucky yeah, we you. had one more article in the show notes. Oh, shit. Oh, I did have one more article. Oh, my God. I forgot. All right, Tony, we'll do this article real quick and then we can move on to my food bit. Uh, this is Chucky. Are you familiar with Chucky, Tony? Of course. Who didn't watch? Um, uh, what, was the, what was the name of the series? Oh. Child's Play. Child's Play. On VHS. Everyone's favorite killer doll now has his own pumpkin beer. So Elysian Brewing, who makes something along the lines of 10 to 15 pumpkin beers a year, has now collaborated with NBC Universal, famous beer maker, to make Chucky's fucking pumpkin ale. What is this going to be called? Um, it is called Chucky. Elysian yeah. Chucky. And it is a pumpkin beer with a wheat base that includes cranberry juice for a 5.3% ABV brew billed as being light in color with spine-chilling flavors of chamomile and cinnamon. 
the perfect combination for everything you love about the season. So they got Chucky's face on there with the blade. Um, they came out with a new Chucky TV series, Tony. Oh uh, yeah, the second season of this show premieres today. Uh, actually, tomorrow, uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this. Um, so you've got a, uh, you've got your Chucky beer, and you can watch your Chucky show. The only uh, funny thing I did notice is that there was a like, there was a guy kiss, there was an all boy kiss in the promo, and I'm like, what did oh. happen? I'm just saying, it's in the promo. Yep, it's just like I can imagine the outright. Outrage from the American right that uh, oh yeah, no, no, there everybody was losing their mind about it, and it's funny because you're like, well, I I highly doubt this show is any good. It's just a way to get people to watch it because now people will watch it yes. because of that, right? So you'll get people who are like, oh, these people uh, believe it. these people stand for me. I will stand for them. And then you'll also get people who are like, this is I'm mad at this, so I have to watch this. And yep. in the end, you just have a bad TV show that they're all <laughs> watching together. Uh, it's not going to be good. Um, but I, I was like watching the promo. I'm like, okay, they, they very strategically put that in there just to get all of the most annoying people together to watch this at the same time. Yeah, so, and that, that's why I was making those, those like, ooh, big deal kind of hand movements. That's right, all I was yeah. saying. It's like, yeah. Uh, so you can, drink your pun- you can drink your punky wit beer and watch the uh, the – the murderous, murderous uh, uh, doll there. Um, enjoy. Thank you, Elysian, who is now owned by Anheuser-Busch. One of them. One of the big ones owns them. All right, Tony, now we can play my food game. So, so it's going to be, we're going to play it Untrap style, but it's food related, so you can play the Untrap sound. That's fine. And we're sending Tony, I'm actually going to pull this up here because I um I want to show you some of these pictures uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna so I'm gonna drop them into our uh, Discord so you guys can see some of these delightful pictures of these items. But you know, in the past we've had our friend Brian on here, uh, and we don't want to play beer games with Brian because Brian doesn't know beer, but Brian loves the Food Network, and uh, I love the Food Network. And Tony loves watching food TV, and Tony knows everything about the Food Network. Uh, we don't have Brian on, but we, uh, in honor of him and his, uh, I'm sure he's asleep and has been asleep for 45 minutes by now at least. Yep. Um, we are going to play an untrapped, I've got five of the scariest and spookiest Halloween recipes from the Food Network. Uh, Tony, how this happens is I, um, I get, I get, uh, I get caught up on the, uh, from some like uh, uh, promotional link somewhere looking at recipes and I start looking at these Halloween recipes and I cannot stop laughing at them. And that's how we end up here where I have to show you all these fucked up uh, fucking looking things. So the first one we're going to go with, um, Tony, is the chicken pumpkins. So, Tony, you're going to have to guess the rating of what we got here. Uh, they have a mixed bag of reviews. I tried to get as many that I 
could that have more than five reviews. So all of these have more than five reviews. Okay, good um, job. You know the you know the deal with these. Uh, people make them, so people kind of want to like them. Yes. So you kind of have to factor that in. But these are chicken pumpkins. These are from the Food Network Kitchen. Uh, I'm going to show you the picture, uh, which I will drop into. What's easier for you, Tony? Should I just drop it into the Discord yeah. here? Yep. Where are you going to? I'll drop it? it into our. I'll drop it. I'll drop it into our studio chat. Okay. Um, that you can get to uh, right here, the show chat, or it's in the studio chats. Sorry. So these are what the chicken pumpkins look like. Um, you got sort of, so for you guys out there, uh, it sort of is a breaded piece of chicken with a little fucking celery stick yeah, sticking out of it. Looks like it. Um, and pumpkin's yeah, very, very loose. Looking. It's, it's more like a, yeah, the like pumpkin, it, a foot. Yeah, of looking it, like, like a pumpkin is not, it's not something that these are very good at. It looks more like a cat's paw. I yeah, would say. cat's paw or dinosaur um, foot. Yeah. So this is made with four chicken breasts, three cups of buttermilk, um, four uh, some some four mozzarella cheese sticks. So I'm guessing that's how you glue the celery stick in there. Uh, so there's some cheese in this thing too, and uh, you're frying these in veggie oil. Oh, and the breading is made of some cheddar crackers. And Tony, you might know those as cheese its. Well, so only because I you got a cheese it breaded little piece of chicken breast. That's been kind of carved, and you got the celery stick, and you got some mots. Uh, actually, by mots, I mean a cheese stick. Do you know what a cheese stick is, Tony? Are you familiar with those? Like I, string cheese? I have a cheese stick quite often with my first beverage of the night. I love a cheese stick oh, okay. with a, like, Pilsner or lager, something that would have been in our lager so, Tony, segment, and you peel them off bit by bit, string by string. This this has seven reviews, so okay. you know. It takes two hours and 50 minutes to make the, that thing that you're looking at. That includes chilling time. It's only 40 minutes of active cookery. And the description is, how do you make chicken bites look like little pumpkins? The trick to this savory treat is a few strategic but straightforward knife cuts. The nuggets are soaked in buttermilk and then coated in cheddar cracker breadcrumbs and stuffed with mozzarella for the ultimate chicken and cheese experience. So there you go. Now, here's my dilemma. As I said, this is a fundamentally sound group of ingredients. Cheese it um, crumb, delicious. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, yeah. mots in it, delicious. Um, all the work that you have to to get a pumpkin-ish, if you squint really, really pumpkin-like, pumpkin barely pumpkin-like thing. Yeah, pumpkin paw thing, pumpkin cat paw. I'm not sure. Uh, that takes a lot of work to get something that's vaguely themed around Halloween. That was the stretch part of it. The recipe seems fine. So I'm going to say this rate's fairly high. I'm going to give it um, 4.25 is where I rate this. I think somebody's not going to be happy with the amount of work, but otherwise I think most people are going to be happy with the end result. Tony, not on trapped rules. You you are not going to get that one, and we're going to stick with that because that's just how this needs to work. Okay, um, Tony, this is getting four. This is getting four stars. That um, on it's seven. Seven reviews. I know. Yeah, it's it's quite disturbing. Why don't we Why don't we check out a couple of the 
reviews here right quick. Um, uh, uh, Page S says amazing. Alex R says Kumis we seven U. So I think Alex may have sat on her phone. <laughs> uh, that's a, it says C- CMS Y E seven O O S S S. So thank you, Alex anonymous five stars says love it. Dale P one star terrible. Thank you, Dale and anonymous says good. Uh, so there you go. That's the chicken pumpkins. Next up, we have the, these are called the Mac O'Lantern and Cheese Bowls. Cheese that is Bowls a great or name. Bowls? Mac O'Lantern Bowls. Bowls like a, like, a, like a bowl you eat your cereal out of. Bowls. Okay. Uh, like bowl bowls. Tony, this has, this has 22... Sorry, twenty nine reviews. Jesus. Uh, it's an orange bell, an orange bell pepper carved and ready for Halloween. Becomes an edible bowl for creamy mac and cheese. So, Tony, we've got six medium orange bell peppers. Uh, you are are you cooking these bell peppers? Ooh, you are not cooking these. These are raw. You got some raw. Oh no, you you are you are blanching these bell peppers. Now, thank God. <laughs> I was like, you just dumping some raw shit in here. Uh, you are blanching these bell peppers. Thank you, Lord, that they will be cooked. Um, and you got your macaroni and cheese, and that mac and cheese is not a like six cheese mac. This is a simple one. This is cream cheese, uh, which I think I'm sure you're familiar with to some degree, and mild out of the jar, mild cheddar cheese. And some half and half. Uh, cream cheese comes out of a is more like butter. Sold more like butter here. Oh yeah, like Philly um, cream cheese. It's like a we uh, the, the yeah like Philly yeah like you put on a bagel yeah, yeah. some some of that some, some cheddar and some half and half. It's a simple mac and cheese and the the little um here I'll, let me let send me, me the, the picture yeah over to you. By the um, way, while you're working that out, Elysian Brewing Company are owned by AB InBev. Dick Cantwell being the founder. Um, and Dick then, Cantwell, that's, yeah. that's right, yeah, that fellow. Yep, there you go. There's your Mac O'Lanterns. The, the, the obviously, the, you know, to tell the listeners, the orange bell peppers have been carved into jack-o'-lantern little faces yep. with the triangle eyes and so on. You guys know what a jack-o'-lantern looks like if you don't live in Australia. Sorry, Nick. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, think, I think you can kind of piece it together. So, Tony, what do you got on this one? Mac O'Lantern. And cheese bowls. See, I think the ingredients on this one are not the thing that are helping get this score. Like, if you watch a Nailed It or one of those, the yeah, the skill you need. You Nailed It just came out. Yep. The skill you need to um, produce a cake of, of the caliber that they put on the show is really, really high. But these jack-o'-lanterns, to get that effect... The barrier of entry is so low, I think these will score high. I'm not basing this on on flavour. I'm just going on the easiness of the craft. I think this is hard to fuck up. I think it's easy to carve out a bell pepper, three triangles and a mouse shape, and you're done. Um, I'm going to score this um, 4.4. I was going to go 4.5, but I think that's a touch high, 4.4. 
Tony, you are on the board. It's a four point five. You, you, your, your first instinct was on was on target, but you get you're within the tenth, so we are going to give you the four point four. Yes. One for two for Tony. Let's look at some reviews. This is Jana Campbell. Jana sounds like a Trump voter. Uh, deliciously clever treat. Spruced up the M and C. M and C. Green Tabasco. Our home <laughs> detests cooked peppers. Oh God. So I left raw. So they're eating mac and cheese out of a fucking <laughs> raw bell pepper. It turned out frag- fragrant and delicious. Happy trick or eating. Thank you, Jana. Here's Lobster, who spelled the name with a CZ in the middle. Uh, cute, but even if I substituted my best mac and cheese recipe, the bell pepper part doesn't work for anyone at my end except as a decoration. Well, what the fuck? Of course it's just a decoration, you weirdo. Um, <laughs> Fun and yummy, must eat quickly. It gets cold easily. That's an interesting. That, that doesn't make any take. sense. Thermal mass is um, thermal mass, no matter what form it's in. Yeah, that's true. Oh, nicely said, Tony. Um, very fun, and kids love the mac and cheese. Thank you, Carmen. There you go, mac and lantern, mac o' lantern, and cheese bowls. Um, all right, next one up. Oh, I can't do that one next. That, we have that's a banger. We save that one for the end. <laughs> next up, we're gonna we're gonna do this one. This is deviled the deviled ham eyeball sandwich. Okay. As I say it out loud, it's much funnier. Uh, this is from Jeff Morrow. Do you know who Jeff Morrow is, Tony? No, I have the no sandwich idea. king. Jeff Morrow is the sandwich king. He's actually a Chicago boy. Chicago boy. Uh, uh, we got he's um. Nice fellow. I actually do like him on his TV show. I think he was one of the few Food Network stars who was good. He's now on a show called The Kitchen with like Jeffrey Zakarian and a couple other people. Um, Was a real chef, is a real chef, was a weird, weird thing for someone who had one Food Network star to be. Um, He's a real life chef and is a real good cook. Uh, Worked at many a handful of restaurants in Chicago, did corporate chef shit. The deviled ham eyeball sandwich, however, is maybe one of his less uh, refined recipes, we'll say. Uh, This one doesn't have one of those cute little blurbs for for it. I'll describe the picture. It is some ham salad. So my Midwestern folks will know what a ham salad means. Tony, I I presume you kind of know. It's ham salad. It's it's sort of like chicken salad, but if it had ham. Okay, gotcha. I know what... Yep. Kind of like, and you would often use something like deviled ham, which is sort of a canned ham. Yes. So it's not spam, not quite as bad as spam, but that, not quite as good as ham. See, spam gets a bad rap. I like spam. Okay, maybe bad, bad is, I do too. Uh, bad, not quite as mystery, not as quite as mysterious <laughs> as spam. How about that? It's, it's, uh, we are relatively confident this is pork. Um, so, and it's on some white bread with some bloody bloodshot eyes drawn on and what I'm assuming is ketchup and there's a green olive with a pimento in it as the, uh, as the uh, people, I suppose. So did you say so, that was on bread? That is bread, Tony. That is like a circle of some kind of bread. So they, this is made with 20 slices of white. So it's 20 servings, 20, sorry. The yield is just says 20 eyeballs, which is actually very funny. Thank you, Jeff. Um, it only takes 25 minutes to make these. You got your white bread, uh, Arnold brick oven white sandwich bread. Hey, like the man likes good bread. So he's using cooked. He's just using smoked cooked ham. He is not worried about you using 
fucking dog shit ham out of a can. So you can just use your ham. You cook a ham for Easter that you froze. Cook, cut that up. You got your salad just base, so mayonnaise, mustard, honey, pickled relish. Um, I think all this is fine, Worcestershire. And then you got your green olives that you're shoving on top, and it just says at the bottom, ketchup for squirting. And that's really funny, too. I, I like the design. <laughs> ketchup for, squirt, for squirting. Um, so, Tony, what do you what do you like about these? So give us your rundown here. I, I like the design. I think it's, it's well thought out as a flavor combo. The problem I have is the use of bread. I think these would be 100% improved by going to a flour tortilla rather than white oh. bread. Because See, I would have done a cracker. I, I often feel like with these ham salads and stuff, I need like some texture. So, but I, 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 all right, I'm interested with that. Okay. Or toasting the bread and then. Oh, yeah. See, I think that would be good, yeah. Because the issue I have is when you leave bread out on a platter to serve at a party, open like that in a non-sandwich form, the bread dries out and becomes unpleasant. So that's that's my big problem with that. So for that reason, I'm going to ding them. This has six reviews, by the way, Tony. I, I think it's fundamentally sound, and I would have scored this much higher. But I think this is a 4.2 because no. of the dried bread yep. issue. But perhaps I'm wrong. Tony, perhaps Americans hit, love dried you bread. Hit, you hit the target. You hit it on the dot. 4.2 for the deviled ham eyeball sandwich on six reviews. Tony, this one got some essays written about it here. Uh, Christine S. loved it in October 2012. Only two people here to eat it when I made it, so I cut everything in half. Um, Lori N says the eyeball sandwiches were very clever. Um, for health reasons, we cut up processed food so we don't buy deviled ham in a can anymore. Okay. Uh, KS Lighthouse used a ham steak, which I cooked before running through the fruit processor. Just dice it. What are you doing? You're blending your ham. Um, this is good on crackers. Didn't care for the ketchup. I think we'll use mustard. See, uh, considering this is a Halloween idea, the goblin can have a different color of eyes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Angela E says, this has got to be one of the most disgusting things I ever tasted. It caused much hilarity at the par- party, though, as it was so bad. Now, oh, if you like that sandwich, dude, there's a guy on TikTok. Don't know whether you're big into TikTok. Griff, I can imagine you're big into TikTok. Um, I've watched a few TikToks. Okay. Just search roll for sandwich, and it's a guy that role plays for his sandwich or does dice rolls for his sandwich. Okay. So he'll have like a, a D6 for his bread and then a, a D, D20 for his um, condiments because he's got a shit ton of condiments. All right. And he gets I some like weird flavour combos. And sometimes they work out and sometimes they're horrendous. I'm a big fan of roll for I sandwich. Would- Tony, I w- I'm going to give you a sandwich tip to watch out for. It's on in- Instagram. Okay. Um, sandwiches, of, sandwiches of History. The account is called Sandwiches of History. Okay. And it's like just this nice stuff. nice man who makes sandwiches out of um, these old recipe books. And they're very good. And he's kind of a good cook, too, so he does some other stuff. But um, he makes, like, sandwiches from 1912 that you think might be weird but try and then tries them. Like Vegemite and, and walnut. He sometimes adds, 
Well, American ones, but yes, sure. Okay. Same, same idea. Yeah, you're right. Well, how about um, box cheese? All right, we got two more left, Tony. I got, two, I got two more of these. Okay, box cheese. That's a new one. I have not heard of that one. But there are ones that are that weird. I did watch him, like, food process a bunch of American cheese. So, I mean. Yeah, that's what you need to do with it. Shit food proce- yeah. process that and food process the carrot on the grayer attachment. Mm, delicious. All right. I, I would try it. I, I mean, most of this shit sounds good to me. I don't know about me. Now, this one, I'm not sure this sounds good to me, Tony. Ooh. This is from Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray has uh, entered the chat. Um Uh-oh. This is called Pumpkin Lover's Lasagna. Pumpkin Lover's <laughs> Lasagna here. Uh, this one's going to take you a cool hour and 50 minutes to make. About 30 minutes. Oh, most of that's cook time, though. Don't worry. you got to have um, your garbage bowl, of course. Get your GB garbage bowl. GB garbage bowl. going to need that. Um, what's this one got in it? So we've got the we've got the two cans of Punky Puree. Um, actually some of these ingredients aren't bad minus if you want to eat pumpkin lasagna. So it's got a whole butternut, a pound of butternut squash. This is more of a savory pumpkin dish. I'll give it that. So you got your, um, 10 to 12 fresh sage leaves, a pound of butternut squash or two cans of pumpkin puree and your standard lasagna stuff. So ricotta, eggs, Parmesan, uh, your lasagna noodles, 12 ounces of Italian Fontina cheese. Um, and uh, a head of escarole. So I actually like lasagna with a little greens mixed in. That's pretty cool. So she's got the escarole in there. And a head of garlic. Tony, honestly, the pumpkin part, I'm not in love with. But the other components, if you literally just took out the pumpkin and replaced it with, like, tomato sauce, I would be pretty interested in this. See, um, this Everything is, else sounds good to me, so I don't know. See, this is where... Americans have a great divide with Australians. For us, pumpkin is savoury vegetable, not a sweet vegetable. We use it as a savoury vegetable 99% of the time. Like if 90- this was made with pumpkin, with uncanned pumpkin, if you, if you, which you could do. So yeah. if you roasted a pumpkin. Pumpkin purees or lettuce. Pureed it, you know. And, and and did it that way. I think I would like this because this is savory. So it's got yeah. the sage. This has more of the sage brown butter flavors that I like with these types of fall gourds. Now you're going to send me a the, picture. Not, than, than the cinnamon. Oh, yeah, I got to send you the picture. And the other thing is the picture. I don't know. I don't. I, and one issue might be that I just don't love lasagna. It's just, it's like too much Yeah, I don't for love me. lasagna. And I know this is. Yeah, it's not my favorite way to eat pasta. Um, now I'm going to be controversial here. It just, this just looks like a lot of, this looks like a lot of ricotta to me. It just looks a little heavy for me. Yeah. And I think that's just me. So most people, I mean, I'm in America, but people fucking love this shit. So yeah. Now do they have a bechamel sauce or no bechamel sauce? That's just ricotta. Ooh. Is this a bechamel? Uh, yes, she is making a, she is making a bechamel. There's three cups of milk, so yes, there's yep. a bechamel here. Okay. Yes. This rate's high. I know you... Ten, ten, ten ratings on this. Ten reviews on this. 4.7. I'm going huge on this one. Could be completely oh, wrong. Wow. He, went, he went big mode. Big mode from Tony. And Tony is not right. Oh. Um, Tony, this is a 4.1. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we did have people who loved it. Uh, it's been on Rachel's show. I saw this on Rachel's episode last week. I was looking forward to making it. It was very good. Considering it was a variation from the norm lasagna, definitely for a pumpkin squash lover. I suggest using a bit less chick. Okay, so this is too much detail. Nothing funny here. Um, this is a good recipe that is tasty all year long. Well, how often are you getting fucking butternut squash? Um, all year long in Australia. It is just as delicious as an Italian-style lasagna, but make this instead when you're in the mood for a veggie. <laughs> yeah, this is a good way to get your vegetables. Um, uh, fantastic twist on lasagna. So, Okay, so here's ML Butler. Sorry this had no taste. Had to put ground sage and garlic salt on what type of my portion just to eat it. So disappointing. All this time to make it plus the cost of the ingredients and throw it all away after taking out only one portion. Now, did you season it? I mean, what are you doing? I mean, at least the worst case is you have some tasty butternut squash and shit in there. I mean, what's the problem? Now, this, this person is- served it. Okay, you got to hear this one. Sorry, Tony. Okay. Perfect for a fall dinner. Loved it. Got great reviews with the fam. Good balance of flavors. I served it with baked chicken thighs. So lasagna was not enough. You had to make you had to bake off some chicken thighs because people were like, "I need something else, mom. I, I don't have enough." What the hell. <laughs> That's, All right. that's that's weird. All right, go ahead. But it's this happens with a lot of bad home cooks. Rather than add salt to things, they reach for garlic powder and a herb where it's just a lack of seasoning early on. They ground stage. And they they probably didn't cook things out at the right stages. Their bechamel, they probably didn't cook the flour out right. Ground sage is a terrible idea. I love myself some garlic powder, but not in this dish. It belongs in everything seasoning, but it does not belong on this lasagna. It has a time and a place, and this is not it. If you've got a whole head of garlic in it, no way should you be putting garlic powder on top of this lasagna. I'm sorry, you used a single clove instead of a whole head, and you didn't roast that sucker like she said in the recipe. That's a guess from my my point of view, but I'm guessing that was the case. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think this person probably fucked up. I mean, listen, you got you got to get your you got to get your salt pig or your salt cellar out, and you got to you got to go to town on this shit, man. Yep. Even even a pinch, you got to realize how little salt is in your pinch. Even I got big I got big clawed hands here, you know. Yep. The most salt I can get out with a pinch is pretty much like an eighth of a teaspoon. <laughs> so, you know, when you look at how much salt is in stuff, you know, and how much salt you can and are supposed to eat per day. Yeah. You know, you need to, you need to worry. You're the reason your sodium is fucked up and your blood pressure is high is not because you're putting salt into your food. It's because you're eating shit. That's preservative. Yeah. Full. Yep. You got to keep that in mind, baby. Yeah. All right. Last yeah. one. And this is the, Fucking banger of the bunch, Tony. Okay. I never seen nothing like this. I sent it to Kelly, and she almost screamed when I sent it to her. It was so spooky looking. Uh, this is called this meatball. The meatball stuffed pasta brain. Uh, <laughs> meatball stuffed. Meatball stuffed pasta brain, Tony. Uh, here's the picture. Uh, it is very disturbing. So please, please prepare yourself mentally to look at this horrifying thing. Uh, it is a brain. Uh, <laughs> it does look like a brain uh, yeah. in a way. It is brain shaped. 
Um, not knowing what my own brain looks like. It could be this. It's brain-shaped, but if it were made of little worms, because it's like fucking spaghetti in there. Um, so, uh, Tony, this is described... Uh, oh, and I will describe the picture as it has like a little blood line in the middle between, um, between the two sides of the brain. Hemispheres. Yep. Your, your right and left brain. So, you know, hey... You want to make the left, you know, are you left-brained or are you right-brained? I don't remember which one is which. One of them is Mac and one of them is PC, I think. Um, but you can you can put your you put your you put your spaghetti sauce in the middle uh, a little bit, and then you can put some little weird bugs around it. There's like a somebody put like a plastic millipede on this picture. I don't know why there'd be bugs around the brain. I, that I don't get. So whatever. Um, so Tony, this has twelve reviews. It takes t- two hours, including resting time, to make this brain. Um, it takes forty-five minutes of active cooking. So this is some fucking complex shit. The ultimate Halloween gross-out. Fresh noodles look remarkably like a brain covered in blood. Parentheses marinara sauce. Wink. Um, it's not real blood, Tony. Just so you know. Oh no. And there's a creep. A creepy surprise when you cut the brain open, and it, and it, I will send this to you, but you can, I, I wish I, I should have captured a gif of this if I were better prepared, but when you cut this open, a bunch of little meatballs fly out. <laughs> uh, when you cut it open, meatballs covered in prosciutto uh, fly out of this. So, Tony, this dish has a problem right from off the bat for me. Maybe you'll disagree, but the first ingredient is one 32-ounce jar of marinara sauce and Tony that's very depressing to me because jarred marinara sauce just does not taste good to me. I do not like it. It is speaking of a good way to eat your entire week's worth of salt. It's a jar of ragu uh, or prego. Uh, just make some sauce. I mean, I don't know what's easier than making tomato sauce. Uh, you yep. get a can of tomatoes, you get some onion, you, okay. get, you get a little few cloves of garlic. Yep. Uh, you got some, you got a sauce going, baby. That's pretty much it. <laughs> well, you don't even need to do the onion thing, but yeah, I, I, was, I, I, I like the onion, but yeah, you don't have to. No, I, I was, I was about to get some clarification because I like tin tomatoes. I think they're tomatoes taken. Oh, tin tomatoes. Are, oh, I, I use, I do. No, I use, yeah. you know, I, I, fuck, I buy, I buy, I don't even use the, um, I'm lazy. So don't don't act like I'm fancy because I don't buy jarred prego. Um, I don't even like buying the you know you, they say you're supposed to buy the whole tomatoes and crush them with your hand yep. or whatever. Unless I'm doing something fancy, fuck yeah. that. I'm buying the crushed tomatoes or else I'm making a mess everywhere. I'm doing that shit. So I buy the crushed tomatoes. Yet yeah, I got the San Marzanos. There you, you know, go. That's uh, you not fancy. Those are those are delish. Yep. And you just pour those in there. I like the half an onion in there because I like the taste yeah. of onion. Bunch of, bunch of garlic, cook it down, bunch throw in a splash too. of wine if you really want, and a shitload of olive oil, and fry up your garlic and throw the tomatoes in there and cook it for a few minutes. You're yep. done. That's it. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> um, anyways, the jar of marinara sauce, very um, unpleasant. And then right after that, Tony, one pound of pre-made meatballs, the frozen meatballs, which are not a meat flavor that I'm even familiar with as meat. I've had those before. They're not good. Um, now send me over Tony, the second other... picture with the meatballs, please. The prosciutto wrap meatballs. I, oh, have... I'm a... No, I, oh, I don't have another picture oh. of the meatballs. I, I should. 
you'll have to make it then. No, it'll be too risky. I'll, I have to make it. Yeah, uh, I'll send you the recipe afterward. You can look at okay. it. The yeah. other, the other thing. This is interesting about it. It's not really using pasta. Typically, what I would say is pasta. It's using two packages of pre-cooked udon noodles. I thought that was a Japanese egg noodle of some description, just the way it compressed yeah. together. So. I know that's not that far. I mean, it's pretty far off, but it's it's not. I mean, that's not good. They're cousins. Um, so you got your your cousins. You got some mats. You got some parm. You got your prosciutto. You got your Italian breadcrumbs. Um, so Tony, uh, I'm not going to read all the. I mean, this no. is quite a challenging. Tony's all right. Don't worry. That was yeah. just a zombie coming into the room. Um, Tony, this, this looks quite challenging, the length of some of these descriptions to form this. I mean, I'm no artist. You're, you're an artist by trade. I'm sure you, you could sculpt this easily without any issue. Um, this looks like a big mess to me. Um, so, Tony, this has 12 reviews. What What are your take of the meatball stuffed pasta brain? This thing is fucking crazy to me. See, the words that you always say before we start this game is people want to like the amount of time they spend doing these jobs. And this is a prime example. You are starting off with some tremendous flaws within the recipe. Um, I I think you're right about the jarred sauce, but it's not the biggest issue. The noodles... They don't care. The people who are reviewing... This do not give a shit about jarred sauce. No, just for the rest. But the noodles are an issue because they are a, a different texture to they are spaghetti. If you're going to use spaghetti, and then when you when you when you form shit in this shape, it it does fuck with like the yeah. taste of it, and you get that dry outside of stuff. Yeah, but uh. I think you're right. The meatballs. They're kind of criminal. They're kind of cardboard. What a waste of prosciutto wrapping them in prosciutto, but. All those Think of how many acorns that ham, that pig ate, so it could be wrapped around these store-bought meat bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're using, um, what's the um, Spanish Serrano ham with the acorns? Yeah, you're using La Quercia Serrano. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. With your, you, with your frozen meatballs. All those flags in mind, right. people have gone to the effort of making this. I think this stays above a four, just barely, and 4.1, I've probably gone too high, but people want to make this, so people want to love this. 4.1. Tony, sadly, uh, you missed that one. You only go two for five. You're stuck in the well because of your distrust of the the stupidity of the um, Food Network listeners or watchers. Whatever. Yeah, no, 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 you were too high. Oh. Um, these people spent two hours making something they pretty much could have easily found out they were going to hate. They are giving it a 3.6. Um, wow. It's, it's quite poor. Max, Max, Max Whammy, Max Whammy, <laughs> whammy gave it no five whammy, stars. No he says, made, made it, used a pound of bucatini instead of udon noodles. I mean, that is much a better idea because that's what I had on hand. Also added chunks of fresh moths in the middle. I mean, this guy's a fucking chef. Uh, it was good and fun. Chose to tweak the size of the foil in the middle to a thinner strip to make it more brain-like. 
without the sauce. Work two kids and hubby liked it. Can you imagine making this for like your spouse? Can you imagine if I dry, if I made this for Kelly? That would be like a whole. That'd be a whole like a TV series. I, it's amazing. Um, it was amazing. I'm going to use it for my Halloween party. Thank you, 24 Austin M. Um, yummy and looks creepy. Uh, I also used one pound of bucatini. It was delicious. And this is funny. The, the recipe was pretty much spot on. By the way, I've been an OR nurse for 18 years, and whether circulating or my favorite scrubbed at the field, I am a neuro nerd. Totally tasty. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I think she was trying to say this. I instinctively scrubbed in to eat my brain. Yeah. Like I was a nurse. Well, that's yeah, are we sure it's a she? It's Barbara JB. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so. so that's why I said she. Okay. I was not judging nurses as a she. I've I have interacted with many male nurses for the record. Um. Oh, my favorite guy is back, Tony. We haven't done any of these in a while, but this guy is my favorite. Um. So the review doesn't matter. So anonymous says this video never played, and neither did any of the other videos. It just keeps saying loading. Since you changed your site, none of the video can be viewed in full screen anymore. So this guy gave it one star because of that. And then I'm, I love this guy. I almost forgot about this guy. Foodie15 got on here and said, yet another brilliant Einstein who rates a recipe they haven't made. So there is a guy who comes in here. We have talked about this guy before, yep. Tony, who we comes have. in here and just fucking calls people a brilliant Einstein <laughs> on the Food Network website. And I love him so much. Um, foodie 15, he's got a, he's got an avatar that says I heart food network. Pretty funny. And the last one just came one day ago from Guinea pig lover. One, two, three. My mommy says, ha ha. Is what is what she says. Thank you, Guinea pig lover. So there you go, Tony. That is the end of our very long game today of food network, goofy stuff. And that is the end of our show. So Tony, why don't you tell people where they can find us on the grand old internet. Well, if you want to find us checking in beers, that man is checking in a shit ton of fresh hot beers on Untapped. And that I'll check him on right now, I think, while you're talking. Is Griff AD. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Have to get some more beer and check it in. Need some good quality beer. Um, and I'm St. Moz. Don't know whether I mentioned that. That's Griff AD on Untapped. Uh, you can send us a tip if you thought our banter was enlightening and was worth at least a dollar. Send it to ko-fi.com forward slash Beer Engine Podcast. You can follow us That's on right. Instagram at Beer Engine Pod or send us an email at Beer Engine Show at gmail.com. And by using any of these methods to get in contact with us, we can then let you into our Discord, which is just a straight-up banger where we're, we're checking in beers. You'll get to see Nick Talks images from Australia. You'll get to see Max Allotments, uh, Corey's Pumpkin Ales. It's an absolute banger. And you'll get to see and some you can... Cora Potpourri that we didn't even discuss on today's show. Oh, my God. I almost forgot the Cora Potpourri. I guess we'll just have to save it for next week. Well, let's see here real quick. Is there anything I really want to talk about? Uh, all right. We'll at least just say the one, this one that I posted. How can I, crub, how can I scrub tar from my lungs? I'm 17 and gave up smoking for a few years. 
which means he would have started smoking since he was, what, 14? And I want to help my lungs stay healthy, if possible, since I smoke. So really hard to tell what's been going on with this guy from a smoking standpoint. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna drive right past that one, and then we're gonna jump to Nick Torch real quick. Instead of using butter, my 14 year old son smothers raw chicken in mayo and coats it with crushed ice cream cones. More oddly, he doesn't cook it and eats it raw. What are the chances he has a living parasite? So I don't know what Quora Nick is looking at. Australian Quora must be just fucking wild. You guys are doing mayo ice cream cone chicken. That's the chicken pumpkin was way more normal than that. I don't want to. I don't want to even get started with that. But Australia Food Network's wild. All right, guys, we will talk again uh, in one week. We will see you later. Bye bye. Safe travels.